a safe place to work out the kinks in any relationship. It's Passion with CGAD 800's Dr. Lori Batito. Coming up on the program, we're going to talk about the pros and cons for the LGBTQ community of social media, like getting outed through social media or trying to hide from certain people or, or what have you. We'll also talk about gay characters in the movies and TV shows and what the um, what the reaction is from different factions, so we can talk about that. And that will be uh, discussed with our LGBTQ panel. We've got a full house, got four guys in studio with us uh, to discuss all of this. But first... Time to check out our inbox. Your texts are always welcome. Connect with Passion at 514-800. I get questions, too, by email to lori at drlaurie.com, so you can feel free to send that along, or you can text me at 514-800. All right, it says, hey, Doc, hope you're doing good. I'm not sure about whether I'm a virgin or not. Once I put my finger inside my vagina, but it never bled, not then or even after. How can I know that before having sex with my partner. Uh, Again, this is where we say more sex education needed, right? So typically, losing one's virginity for a female is when she has had sexual intercourse. And we could debate what losing one's virginity is all about, but this is the technical. If we're just going to be technical about it, that's what it is. Uh, Using a finger or even a tampon does not make one lose their uh, virginity. First of all, a finger generally will not stretch the hymen enough to make yourself bleed, whereas a penis will. Uh, And first intercourse, yes, can cause a woman to bleed a little bit and can feel a bit uncomfortable. So unless you've had penile vaginal sex, you would still be considered technically a virgin. And I say technically because (laughs) there are a lot of people who are having anal sex, who are having oral sex. You notice they all have the word sex in it, uh, but yet still consider themselves to be virgins. So meaning they just haven't had penile vaginal uh, intercourse, which is kind of ridiculous, really, if you think about it. But, you know, we could debate that at any other point. Uh, Hello, what age would a woman be at her sexual peak and same for a man? Uh, That's a good question, especially considering that um, uh, we hear things like, oh, women peak in their 40s and, and what have you. So if we're just talking about a hormonal peak, so where testosterone levels are at their highest because men and both men and women have testosterone in their bloodstream. That we both produce that. Women also estrogen. Uh, so men and women actually peak around the same time, hormonally speaking, around 19 years old. Uh, but when we're talking about a psychological peak, so when we say that women peak much later, historically women have not felt... Um, as comfortable with their sexuality as men have. They have not felt empowered by their sexuality as men have because of all the the social constructions that we've had and how the double standards and, and all of that. Like you understand where that's coming from 
um, I'm quite sure. So what we understand is that when women reach uh, after, let's say, 35 or 40 or sometimes a bit later, they become far more comfortable with themselves in their bodies in discovering their sexuality. So we say sometimes that that's where we see a peak in women's uh, sexual interest. But it has to do much more with the the psychological part of it, not the um, hormonal part of it. Where can I find information on porn addiction centers? So if you go to the website, uh, I think it's IITAP.com, the International Institute of Trauma and Trauma Addiction something. I can't remember exactly. Uh, you'll find a listing of people who uh, work, who are, are basically uh, sex addiction specialists and therapists in, in your area. Uh, if you're in Montreal, uh, Montreal has a really good uh, outpatient center called Lifeline, Chabad Lifeline. They're open to everybody, and they have uh, where they have meetings, twelve-step uh, programs, individual therapy, family therapy, group therapy, uh, therapy for the addict. All of that. It's an excellent, excellent program. And there's barely a waiting list, so you could. They try to always maintain that, so not to have a. But they're known for that, not to have a waiting list. So that's uh, one place that you can go, and they may be able to give you other names of other addiction centers, especially if maybe you're looking for something that is more of a, um, like a, a not not an outpatient but an inpatient kind of uh, treatment. Is it wrong or selfish to break up with your first love because you are young and have been together for many years but want to discover new people and try new things to see what you truly want, though you still love them? Uh, I think that's uh, that's a really good question. Uh, So I'm going to speak to you as if I was your mother, okay? If I was your mother... I would say go explore, child, like go and find out what works for you and what's good for you rather than feel like later, if you're already feeling the bug now or you're feeling like uh, you, you, it's something you want to do and you need to do, not doing it and then uh, maybe getting married, you might end up having regrets and then uh, other issues may come up and I certainly wouldn't want there to be uh, infidelity, which could break up the relationship in a bad way. So maybe having a discussion with your partner with that first love. Although I have to say, like there have been, um, I've known, you know, many people who have made it work. I've only had one partner and it's their first, their firsts on both sides. And it, and it has worked out. I'm only saying this because you question it. So you're already thinking, um, right now that you want to discover that this is something that you are already thinking about. So if you're thinking about it now, you don't you think you'll be thinking about it five years from now, 10 years from now? So this is why, you know, you may have to discuss this with your partner, maybe take a break, see how they might feel. It's a very delicate situation. Like I, like I'm in no position to actually tell you what to do with your love life, like really and truly. This is such a personal, personal decision to make. But I don't think it's selfish. 
I don't think it's a, a selfish thing. Uh, yes, it's about the self, but if you don't take care of you, who's going to take care of you? So uh, it, you still have to take yourself into consideration in all this. Uh, are there any safe porn sites or are they all full of viruses? Uh, I don't know. I'm not a big expert on porn sites uh, to know if they're full of viruses uh, or not. Um, I would imagine many are. Maybe some aren't. Does anybody out there know the answer to that? I think it's important if, uh, if you guys uh, can, can help out here. Do you know of any places, porn sites that are, that are least likely to have, uh, viruses. So I don't, I couldn't even come up with anything. I don't even know names of porn sites. All I know is Pornhub. That's about it. And I don't know anything about their, their viral load, so to speak. I have no clue. Uh, coming up, our LGBTQ panel is uh, in studio. We have uh, Bill Ryan, Charles Lowe. We have two guests who just moved here from Romania, so we get to ask them a lot of questions. And I really want to talk about social media. Uh, a couple of issues came up that I want to want to uh, discuss, and it brought, brought kind of this issue to the forefront for me. And then, uh, of course, gay characters in the movies. I'm seeing some uh, some backlash and I want to discuss that with uh, our panel as well. From the pleasure and the politics to the hang-ups and the heartbreak, you're listening to Passion, CJD 800. Tonight, our LGBTQ plus panel discusses social media, pros and cons for the LGBTQ community. We'll uh, share some stories with that. Uh, and gay characters in the movies and TV shows. How does that, uh, why, are, why is there such a backlash? Why are people up in arms about like, you know, little bits of, of, of gay characters, not even like full-blown anything, just a little bit of it. Uh, but yet there is uh, a reaction to it. Joining us in studio, Bill Ryan, McGill professor and LGBTQ advocate, who's our regular here. Another regular, Charles Lowe, also known as Dolly Blonde, singer-songwriter, who will be actually performing at our Big Bash on August 23rd. Stay tuned tomorrow night. I'll share a little more details with you and tell you how you can win tickets because it is a VIP event where you can also meet all of our contributors there. We also have from Romania, just moved here, Albert and Ovidiu. Welcome to the program, gentlemen. Uh, so, of course, you know, we, we want to know if Romania, Montreal, what, you know, get, tell us the, the gay community there versus here, the challenges you face there. Um, why don't we start with that? Give us a little bit of background. Who wants to go? Hello, everyone. Hello. Thank you for having us here. It is a pleasure. That's an honor. And the first time I am online <laughs> on the radio. About, uh, <laughs> oh, about myself. Oh, okay. Wow. And, We've uh, had a, quite a few people say that. Uh, that's, that's and sexuality. Mm -hmm. Overall, it's, that's a very um, that's a topic we don't tackle too much. You know, right. Back home. So. So how was but, it for you? Uh, how is it for you being gay in Romania versus here? Did were you out there? Were did your was your family aware? Like. Well, um, I'm not uh, going to speak on behalf of my uh, 
fellow citizens. Mm -hmm, I'm speaking mm -hmm. about my yeah, own experience. Yeah, your your experience, of course. Yes. And uh, I'm 47 years old, so mm -hmm. I came out. I my coming out was like uh, two years ago, three years ago. So that's very it. Very late. Uh, wow. Okay. And can people be um, out in Romania? <laughs> not really. Not no? really. It's uh, so sensitive to speak about sexuality in general. Right. And being gay, it's so more complicated than that. Right. And we should remember that uh, this year we had a referendum in Romania mm -hmm. because uh, they wanted to redefine the family notion in the constitution. Okay. Not being uh, a relationship uh, between two people, but a relationship between a, a man and a woman. Just it was oh. made uh, mainly to somehow... Uh, forbid the future marriage between people of same sex. Ah, so they, so they were afraid. They were already they thinking were, they ahead. They were afraid, okay. thinking ahead, because that's happening all over Europe. All over the world, yeah. And because uh, the religious thinking is very strong in our countries, the church is very strong as well. Right. So the community is still thinking that the uh, mainstream is thinking in Orthodox Christian mm -hmm. values, like woman, man, family. But uh, we were so happy that uh, it didn't uh, end it uh, like they were expecting because uh, uh, the referendum w didn't didn't pass. Passed. No. Good. They needed fifty percent of the population, and the population was very much uh, supporting huh. uh, the people, and they were saying we cannot vote against human rights. I love so that. So that was such a huge surprise for us mm -hmm. because we were afraid that it is going to pass. So uh, we were so happy that it didn't. Right. <laughs> that, that's a good part of that's the story. That's a good part. Yes, okay. Ooh, okay. <laughs> I started with the good part. <laughs> okay. Give me the good news, now the bad news. Okay. Well, I, I would say that uh, since uh, 20 years ago, Romania decriminalized the... Uh, sex between same sex people, mm -hmm. but uh, after that, at the level of uh, uh, mentality, list, not too much changed. So I would say that it's not so easy on daily basis to live as a gay person. Okay, there. you are not out to you the can't, families. So you can't be out. Uh, no, no, not okay. at the workplace, not uh, in school, or sometimes not with your close friends. Wow. So it's like an, uh, a double identity yeah, you're, you're having. You're so people are imagining life. that if you are not having a girlfriend, you are you are a strange man, mm -hmm. <laughs> that which loves uh, loneliness and uh, maybe they still uh, trying to have adventures. And so they uh, don't assume life. you're gay. They don't assume you're gay. Hmm. So uh, hmm. they always uh, ask you when you are you going to marry and have a wife. Right. I'm sure you That's got that from your question. family all the time, right? All the time. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So when you're young, it's easy because you're not supposed to marry when you're so young. Right. 20, in the well. But in your 40s, <laughs> it doesn't <laughs> the work anymore. On, that doesn't right? work anymore. Mm -hmm. So, uh, or, or you're not, you're stopped speaking about uh, mm -hmm. intimacy. Right. That's the moment you stop talking about that, which is a strange moment because. Intimacy is very important for everyone. Yes, of course. And, and So in, to be aware of getting too much into privacy 
you stop talking about that. So, but then you have to then you push people away. You're pushing all your closest friends away, who they may be talking about intimacy and risk. sexuality with you, and that's and the what risk. Have you. So, did you two meet in Romania? Uh, yes, we met uh, five years and a half ago. Okay. And uh, he was the first person I introduced to my parents. Mm. Uh, my parents know about me. And it's strange because I came from a small village in Romania out of nowhere and they don't know too much about gay and right. LGBT people. And uh, first time when I said to my parents, they were like, okay, you need to go to priest, you need to go to the psychologue, maybe something wrong with you. Right. Let's, we didn't spoke let's for fix two, you. Yeah. Right. We didn't spoke mm -hmm. for probably two years about my uh, personal life. But then at one moment we start talking about and they realize there is nothing bad with being gay and loving uh, another man. So, yeah, I, I had the courage to introduce him to my parents. And uh, since that moment, they are talking probably more than I'm talking with my parents okay. now. <laughs> well, that's good. Uh, and um, What about the extended family, Albert? No, uh, it's only my parents. Uh, my parents and my sister that I told uh, her last year. Okay. Uh, and that's all. I start... Now, saying to my friends, I had close friends from high school. Some of them, they didn't knew. And uh, as he said, uh, when you are young, people are assuming you are either going out, dating a lot of girls. Right. You're a player. And, yeah. Right. And I was kind of busy with work and school, so nobody asked me. But at one moment, when you don't go out, you don't go to your parents with somebody. They People, family ask you, oh, where is your girlfriend? You don't have a girlfriend and uh, so mm -hmm. on. So I start saying to my friends and to some of my cousins, but it's not my grandmother doesn't know and she is still thinking that I will have a big wedding or a big <laughs> Romanian <laughs> wedding someday <laughs> <laughs> and so on. Uh, but uh, moving here helps me to be more open. I even right. uh, start because here he is my common law so I can uh, talk at my work, I have a partner. He's here with me. Mm -hmm. I'm not alone. And I even go back in Romania, and I said to my some of my colleagues from uh, the office, from Bucharest office, that uh, okay, I'm gay. It's something that probably will shock you to know that I am in a relationship for five years because they never imagine. Right. I was the only one going out with them all the time, <laughs> organizing, nobody. yeah, organizing right. parties and so on. And they were like, really, for five years in a relationship. And I said, yeah, it's sad that I know all your private stories. And they they kind of came to me and shared their stories. And I was just afraid to, to say my story. Say it, right. But now I can say it to them. So it's good, but it's, it's hard. It's like Montreal gave you courage, like coming here yeah, and being say, yeah. open. Yes, but I'm still having a hard time to hold his hands in the street here. Uh, I'm still, after one year, Okay. not... Uh, it's still scary, really, yeah? yeah. Okay. Did you expect it to be more open here? Was that part of your expectations in coming here, that it would be more open? Uh, for me, yeah. I, I had some friends here from Romania move before, uh, and uh, I knew a bit. i never been here before moving, and uh, I was expecting to be more open here and to change me a bit. Coming up, uh, we're going to talk about social media, which, of course, now you probably all have profiles and what you put on there, what you don't put on there. Mm -hmm. And uh, do you have to have a double life on social media? And how can it also be uh, helpful? with Dr. Lori Batido on CJAD 800.
Our LGBTQ panel tonight, Bill Ryan, Charles Lowe, and two guests from Romania who just moved here, Albert and Ovidiu, are in studio with us uh, talking about how it's like in Romania, which is very clearly very, very difficult. And as I'm sitting here and I'm looking at Charles, a millennial who's never had any of these issues, really. In your own story, like you came out when you wanted to, like as a young mm -hmm. person. For sure. Right? Supportive family. Your whole family knew. All your friends knew. For sure. For sure. For sure. Uh, I feel like the millennial narrative for queer people is that there is a recognition of the amount of privilege that we have, a recognition of the uh, rights that we are just born into. Right. And from there... I believe currently, hopefully, that there is a strive and an urge to sort of raise the voices up of other queer and marginalized people who don't necessarily have these rights and these privileges that we've been born into. Right. Uh, and you had mentioned social well media said. earlier. Mm -hmm. uh, there's a huge, huge, huge social media presence on Instagram, on Twitter, of these queer people who are trying to get these voices of these people in these places who don't necessarily have the same outreach, who don't necessarily have the same rights and uh, opportunities that we have to sort of raise attention to be like, hey, by the way, che Chechnya is not doing really great right now. We should like focus a little bit less on what we're doing right now and more of like the lives of the people that are being taken here, the lives of the people that are being ruined here. And so social media is helping in in sensitizing uh, us who are many of us privileged in, in where we live to sensitize us to what's happening in the rest of the world so that we can rally the troops in a way. To an extent, yeah. And, and I mean, it all sort of comes down to who you are following, who you are exposed to on social media. I view it as a tool. I don't use it, I view it as necessarily a negative thing. I don't view it as necessarily a positive thing. It's a tool which, it's a hammer. You can put a picture up or you can you know break into like a depth mm -hmm. like right. it's you can follow you know the, the 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 models and you can follow the the brands and you can fall into this sort of like pitfall of uh, self-esteem issues and right that's being exposed the, the, to that that's one side, side of it right, right, but then right. the other side of it is that it's being used as a tool to rally all these people who want to come together for these issues for millennials who see themselves as uh, very privileged people who, who want to sort of use their voice to promote uh, the voices of That's other people. Very, very well said, Charles. Very well said. I think, too, that, um, you know, we often criticize social media and we worry about its effects and we worry about it, the abuses in social media, and those are certainly there. But um, for particularly for LGBTQ youth, and particularly those who don't live in large centers, mm -hmm. it's been a lifesaver. Because if you were brought up in, you know, Shibugamo, Mm -hmm. in northern Quebec and you thought you were the only person in the world like you hmm. um, social media allows you to communicate with people all around the world who are like you and realize that you're not alone and you may live your entire life in Shibugamo but you'll know forever that you're not alone right. and you may connect with other people in your community without even knowing at first that they're in your community but it, right. it, it, it mm -hmm. emboldens you to be a little bit more out because you get the support that you might not get you get it increasingly but you might not be guaranteed in your own home right for sure there's a, a website, actually, I'm not sure if you heard of it, Queering the Map, which is using uh, just like Google data or Yahoo data, or just like this map of the world. And what you can do is you can select a location anywhere in the world and you can put a little geotag and you can put a little description of like a queer moment that happened to you. It could be like you hooked up with a person at this place or you went on your first date with this place. <laughs> and the purpose of this project is to sort of show you just how worldwide 
the queer experience is. And mm. it's not just you and your little, you know, like suburban house in Lachine. It's not just you and your neighborhood in Romania. It's it's a worldwide queer queer experience. That's amazing. And we were talking off air, uh, Bill. I want to your story with our friend. Uh, where yes. he posted he was in a relationship. I yes. want to hear that story. And I think that's that was a that was a big lesson to me, and one that sometimes I have to be reminded of because we become accustomed to our freedom, being free, and having <laughs> rights, and having the courts right. on our side, and those kinds of things. And um, this was someone who wasn't from here and who was a recent immigrant, and posted that they were in a relationship. And uh, I said, you know, kind of. Who's the lucky guy? Right. And then I got a private message. Um, I can't sort of talk like that with you on a social media because my family isn't aware. Right. And, you know, I thought, okay, that's right. Because social media is instantaneous and it's worldwide instantaneous. That's right. And so I have to remind myself every once in a while to take into account who I say what to under right. what circumstances. And we learned this too, right? From from We've had a, a number of times guests on our show who are new immigrants from places where the reason why they're here is because over there they were afraid to live their lives there. And so they're here. But we forget that their family's still there. We mm -hmm. forget that they came here but didn't tell them why they came here. Right, right. And there's a wonderful organization actually um, based in Toronto called the Rainbow Railroad. And it, um, is a, it's, it's recalling the fact that escaped slaves would try and get to Canada. And in, in the spirituals that they'd sing, when they talk about heaven, what they were coding was to get to Canada, was to get to heaven. And the Rainbow Railroad is an organization that um, gets money from people all over the world. And what they do is, is they try and get people out, and they have the cooperation out of countries where they're being persecuted by law, by the police, by the system, by their families, etc. Chechnya being one big example, and mm -hmm. I think that's why it was founded, was to get people out of Chechnya. Yep. But now they're going all over the world, and the Canadian government is cooperating with them because right. Canada um, accords refugee status to LGBTQ refugees who are being oppressed in their home countries. And they're getting them out, and they're getting them here. And they're using sometimes third countries to escape to a third country. So from Chechnya, you escape to Russia, which shows how bad it is in Chechnya because yeah, no it's not kidding. good in Russia. Uh -huh. And then from Russia, they get to Canada. But they come through sort of um, without without being obliged to respect all the rules that refugees have to go through because their lives are in immediate danger. Right. Yeah. Wow. Uh, did, did you guys, Albert and Ovidu, leave because it was difficult for you there to lead a double life and you figured you needed to go elsewhere where you could be more free as a couple? Uh, I think I can answer to this question. I, I decided to leave because I wanted uh, an international experience. Mm -hmm. uh, I wanted to, to live abroad. And yeah, uh, one of the reasons it was this, because in Romania I couldn't be so open. I couldn't have the, the life I wanted. Uh, imagine that Bucharest, we have only one gay bar. <laughs> in that, uh, in that one big city. Yeah, yeah. and it's crazy. And uh, uh, it's not only about that, it's also about the events and uh, about uh, uh, theater or something else, mm -hmm. that you can, activities that you can do. Uh, and uh, for me, it was, yeah, I think not... I couldn't call it like the main reason to move abroad, but it was uh, one an them. important one. So yeah. if we go back to the social media, now that you're here and you're attending events and you're attending pride events, and I'm sure you want to post things on social media. Last year, I've been to my first pride and oh. uh, I was impressed about it. 
but I didn't post anything because I mm. was quite new here. And as I said, this uh, this year I was in San Francisco during the Pride, and I I attending a running competition and I post pictures from that. I post videos so on uh, Facebook and Instagram from the Pride uh, parade, and I am sure that I will be posting also from uh, from this uh, year in Montreal the the Pride. I will see which is the reaction of the people around. As I said, uh, at this point I am not so. 100% open because of other people from my family or from the village I lived mm-hmm. because I know there is a small community and the pressure the social pressure will be very high on my parents ah, and right. I do that mostly for them not for right. me You're because I have them, yeah, right. I I have no issue to go there and say or show me with their hands oh this is a gay person right but i'm more i'm doing that more for them because i know that it could be a high pressure on them right and i think we we forget that that we're protecting someone else like yeah. it's it's more you know we're here you're free whatever but if they end up being stigmatized they yeah. end up being ostracized or or talked about or gossiped about right and you're trying to there's a lot of people you're trying to protect like it ends <laughs> up being a huge responsibility right uh, yeah a bit but i i think i can live with that as far as my life here it's as i wanted yeah uh, i i i know that i am not 100% open and uh, not posting all the articles i want or sharing all the information i want but i try to do it in a way that some people get the correct message Right. Well, coming up, I want to talk about uh, other messages, too, and in the media. Toy Story 4, who has seen it? Apparently, Christian zealots are targeting Toy Story 4 because it will somehow desensitize children to gay people. So, And I'm wondering, what's the big storyline that's going to do this? What is this big bad thing that, that Toy Story is doing? So... Uh, Charles is going to tell us about it because he saw the movie. Uh, We'll find out that and more about what's going on in the media. This is Passion on CJAD 800. Our LGBTQ panel in studio, Bill Ryan, Charles Lowe, Albert, and Ovidiu from Romania are here. We're talking about social media and uh, we're talking about some of the pros and the cons and, and we're just uh, I was off air talking Ovidio was saying that on social media you guys never post pictures together, right? No, no. So you're, you're, you're uh, very uh, careful about what you put on there. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, uh, I don't post pictures on at social all. media at all because imagine that I put a picture that I'm here in Canada. Mm-hmm. And uh, his friends or the community like there are going to match my pictures with his pictures. Uh, it's a okay. kind of a little uh, paranoia. I know that's too much, but they well, are going but to. It's from where you th- come to protect, from, right? It's uh... to protect him and okay. his family, not mine, because for me it's that's okay. And I live in a big city. My family, it's okay. Okay, it's a kind it's of the imagining it? that uh, it's my choice. That's what they've said. It's your choice. It's your life. Okay. Okay. So I ended. They accept. Are they, they're accepting that you, they know you're gay now? Yes. Okay. Two years ago, I told my okay. father, but he said it's your choice. So as long as they're still thinking that's the choice. Oh, I see. Okay. It's not too well, much to tell not, about that. Right. Yeah. 
it's not All a right. choice. I'm like that. So, right, but exactly. It's still a, You're not uh, going to argue with him. I don't argue with him. No. <laughs> Let, let's, talk, let's get lighter now and talk about Toy Story 4. <laughs> so I, who's seen it here? I haven't. You, I haven't. You, the three of you have. So Albert, the young uh, ones have. You, and yes. the young ones have. Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> You've seen Toy Story four. Yeah, I'm, I'm wondering why you're all grown men. Why are you going to see Toy Story four? Thank 4? you for calling me a grown man <laughs> on air. Thank you. Uh, but just this headline: Christian zealots are targeting Toy Story four because it will desensitize children to gay people. They say oh Toy Story gosh. 4 is the last place parents would expect their children to be confronted with content regarding sexual orientation. Oh Issues of this nature are being introduced too early and too soon. It is extremely common yet unnecessary. Disney has decided once again to be, to be politically correct versus providing family-friendly entertainment. Disney should stick to entertainment, entertaining instead of pushing an agenda and exposing children to controversial topics. There's a few words in there. Like, why is homosexuality a, a controversial topic? What is the agenda being pushed? And what the hell are we desensitizing them? Like, what does that mean? We want to desensitize. Well, right off the bat, I will first say that I thought Christian Zealot was the name of the main guy from Fifty Shades of Grey. <laughs> so I have no idea. But second of all, I... What was the scene? Like, the scene, what was what, The so, scene so in bad? question is a scene where the main character, a young girl being dropped off in kindergarten, in a passing scene is shown two mothers dropping off their child at daycare. That's it, like seconds. It lasts not but two seconds. And within this, of course, all of these Christian fundamentalists who are going to come out with their Bible saying, do you know what? No, this is a, this is a choice. This is a, this is a purposeful push out of agenda. This is on... Per get with the times. <laughs> I am so sick of the... It's not even worth arguing at this point. If you want to... Art, yeah, it is yeah, so beyond. Like... It is so beyond. And then to go even a bit further... I'm also tired of having queer characters just being in the background and having us to fight for having like a brief mention of a lesbian couple in the background. Make, make lesbians the main character of Toy Story 5 is what I say. Let, right. Let's do well, it. Well, what about in Marvel? Isn't there a Marvel character that's uh, like a main character that's gay? Yeah, there has been uh, recently almost confirmed, not too sure if it's confirmed or not, that one of the main characters in the Thor franchise, uh, Valkyrie uh, Tessa Thompson, is uh, the character is confirmed to be a queer uh, woman within the Marvel Cinematic Universe, which is, again, ridiculous because within the comic books there have been queer characters for years okay we're talking since the 90s there have been confirmed canonic queer characters in the Marvel comic book universe and it's only now that people are going to the movies and seeing this or saying what do you mean she's a lesbian I'm like there's a spaceship is it so random is it so weird <laughs> that you would have a green lady who's into another blue lady I'm so sorry Star Trek was actually one of the first series to present same-sex love in the Star Trek series and it was very which episode and the, interracial. the original and interracial, and interracial. Yes, interracial yes, yes I remember that also same sex and I can't remember the episode because I'm not that good at remembering particular episodes but which but it was, you're talking about the original Star yes, Trek the original Star Trek and then the follow up Star Trek whatever it was with Captain Picard yes. also had uh, same sex um, love in the series you know what you were 
talking about interracial relationships and those kinds of things, the exact same vocabulary was used mm. and still is in some mm-hmm. circumstances against interracial couples, against a white person touching a black person on screen, about having them in the same house, about them socializing together. It was used against women being professionals in the workplace. And I, I, as you were saying, Charles, I'm, I'm getting a little tired of the people who think that somehow they have the right to suppress other people from existing. Right. Or that there's even an agenda. Yes. What the heck is the agenda? Well, the agenda is, I think there is agenda in, on some levels, and it is so that young people don't think about killing themselves. And that, to me, is a Christian value. Oh, well, that's that's you know, very different. Show diversity yes. on TV, show diversity in film, show desert, diversity in the media, because it actually ends up saving people's lives. And is there any greater value than that? Exactly. Show representation. Exactly. Like, represent represent everybody in, in some in some way. Yeah. I mean, how seen can you feel if you're like this little queer boy growing up in whatever region of the world you are and you're watching Spider-Man and Spider-Man after, you know, saving the city goes back home to his boyfriend. How important is that for that little queer person in the audience to see them? How important is that little black kid in the audience seeing Black Panther go and save the day as a black superhero? I mean, only today I was on Instagram going back to social media. There was a post about... Uh, the Peanuts comics and how there was an introduction of a black character and there was a whole backstory of having this little black kid just cry his eyes out watching this little Mm -hmm. seeing himself representation is such a huge important essential part of media in the 21st century we're existing and unfortunately it's not being taken with the mm-hmm. severity that it should be well, and I have trouble with the wording too you know desensitizing children to gay people as if we we were having this conversation you know, as if you're desensitizing them to like other you know what we normally talk about desensitizing like to violence for example Mm -hmm. how do you equate those two things we've been your music teacher for years do you know what (laughs) we've been there hey somebody said and this is very funny somebody said saw the movie didn't even notice see that's so and yet you have people who are picking up on this and saying oh my god this is gonna desensitize people well yeah, I haven't maybe <laughs> uh, did you notice you didn't notice no, either I didn't. there no. you go now every, everybody's I, I was gonna focusing notice on now. friendship and love yeah, i was more focused on the toys that were talking <laughs> it's crazy and then you think of uh, of uh arthur and mr blackburn who, mr rathburn you know, yeah oh, so rathburn rathburn so yes much who's, more richness. Uh, yeah I have I mean, more questions of why they made the gay character a rat, but you know what? That's my yeah, opinion Mr. right Rat there. Bird, that's right. Well, <laughs> stay tuned. You're going to see a lot more gay characters, I think. In, Hallelujah. In a lot more, uh, in a lot more movies, and we let the so. let the zealots, you know, <laughs> fight it among themselves. Christian zealot, call me. <laughs> Guys, thank you so much. I hope you enjoyed your time, our Romanian friends here. Uh, thank we you. appreciated having you. Multumesc. <laughs> Bill Ryan, thank you time. so much. Uh, McGill Professor and Charles Lowe, a.k.a. Dolly Blonde, who is a performer. Next performance? Uh, next performance will be August 14th at the Casino Stage at Montreal Pride. I'll be performing with Trana Winter and Thomas Leblanc at the Being Britney show. It's a free show. Come on down. I will be singing an acoustic version of Hit Me Baby one more time. I will not sing on air. Please come and see it for yourself. <laughs> but you will sing during our Uh, party on August 23rd. Yes, you will be performing. Thank you so much. Thanks to all of you for spending your time with us. Thanks to our technical producer, Aaron Lakoff. You can connect with me on social media at Dr. Lori Batito or through my website, drlori.com. 
Coming up uh, next here on CJD, the CTV National News. Have a great rest of the evening and remember to live your life with passion.